Welcome to the Mama Sisterhood. I'm Heather Evans. When my twins were born at 24 weeks gestation, I began to think about the uniqueness of each of our motherhood journeys. I also began to understand the importance of education and support from other moms, no matter how different our lives may be. Each episode will highlight one mother's journey and the lessons she has learned on this crazy path we call life. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome to the Mama Sisterhood. So welcome back to the Mama Sisterhood for our first ever three-part episode with Whitney Copeland. Whitney, welcome back. Thanks again, number three. <laughs> yeah, so I'm so excited. So if anyone is joining us and has not listened to part one and part two, please stop here, go back and listen because Whitney and her family have quite the journey and I'm super excited for today because we are going to hear about the end of Pepper's journey in the hospital and then how everyone did once they went home and how everyone is doing today, two years after everything that happened. So, um, and I'm really looking forward to, you know, learning more about that. So why don't we go back to when, where we last left off, your husband, Kyle and crew had come home, Pepper had a longer stay. So she was still recovering in the hospital. I think she had just stood up for about the first time. Yes. So why don't you take us back to Pepper's story there? Okay. So one of the things that was, it was quite a big thing at the hot for Peppered for the hospital stay. One of the things I wanted to bring up is um, they ended up doing a graft on her back. We kind of talked about that in the last episode, what that was like, but they ended up doing her entire back, like from neck, bottom of her neck, the base of her neck, all the way down to uh, right where your pant line is. Um, that was completely burnt. So her entire back, but they wanted to do it all in one swap. They were, they're like, we, we have enough skin. We want to get this done. And so that was one of the major, like the really big ones. The catch was she could not be laying on her back. And so she had to lay face down for three to five days is what I kind of remember. I think it ended up being like four days is what they did, but that they had to, so lay down face first. And they actually, we opted to go ahead and do, they do like this type of medication that literally paralyzes you. Like you have no function of anything. And so it also is paired with, um, it's almost like putting a, putting you in a coma, like just knocks you out. So you're sleeping and you're paralyzed at the same time. So you can't wake up and move. We were quite like, it was something that we were very, very nervous about. We didn't know how to really, you know, navigate that. And we talked to Pepper about it. She was definitely not looking forward to it. I remember just her just being like, well, why can't I just stay awake? And I'm like, oh, that would be so boring. Like I was trying to like, I remember just trying to like convince her, like it would be better. And in the back of my mind going, is it better? Like that sounds awful. Um, so anyways, we opted to do that. We made a, came up with a plan and the plan Pepper, the next thing I wanted to talk about is my kids at this point were still my other two kids that were injured were still gone. They were still with family members being taken care of. And so we hadn't seen them when Pepper had her back done. That was one of the, I think it was the second weekend they came home or the first weekend they came home. And oh, so, so your other two kids had joined you in Las Vegas. Okay. Yes. In okay. March. And so that was the other reason that I was like, okay, that's the weekend we chose for them to come down because they couldn't visit Pepper in the hospital. Anyways, the, there was like an age limit in the PICU. 
So we had decided let's do it that weekend while she's asleep. Mom will be able to come and get home and get kids adjusted and all of that. And so it was a huge weekend. I remember it just being a really busy, full of just organizing and just loving on our kids that had been gone for two months. And so it was just, oh man, like I said, like you said, I was busy at home, but it was, it was kind of a nice little break. But when I heard that, oh man, your mama heart just, it kind of breaks for your kids when when you hear anything that's bad for your kids. It's just hard. The first time we all saw each other, um, in like in a what's in person was on Easter. Um, yeah, it was kind of cool that it ended on, it happened on a holiday, but it was just like the surgeries had lined up and the kids were now down in Vegas and it, it just was, that's where we decided to meet was on Easter. And it was the first time all six of us were back together. And that's kind of weird to really like say out loud now, because I did the math just yesterday and it was 111 days that we did that we were not together and when you say that out loud it's like that it sounds like forever (laughs) so three plus months and so um I think that really gave Pepper a great motivation once she got to see her siblings and I remember she was in a chair it was like one of those reclining chairs that you kind of like you can sleep in in the hospital sometimes (laughs) the maternity ward (laughs) Uh those little little ones so it was one of those chairs we put her in and put her feet up because at this point she was able to stand up and kind of shimmy over to like a little chair. It was like, it was great because she would get in that thing and we would just do laps around because I wanted her to be out. She didn't really care. She was like, why do I have to go out? Just put me in the chair and I'll sit here. And I'm like, don't you want to go look at stuff? I don't know. Like, <laughs> But she really wasn't interested. But anyways, we put her in that chair and took her out and we had told her siblings were coming when we went around that corner. Oh man, it was just so cute. They were just so excited to see each other. And that was one of those moments that it was like, you just take it all in. And it was just good to have all of our kids around us for the first time after the accident. And she had seen them and talked to them over like FaceTime, but like physically, this was the first time. And so we did a cute little like Easter basket thing with them and but I just remember one of the things Emery, our younger daughter, she walked up and she, I had braided Pepper's hair. I'd done like pigtails and Emery, she was just so sweet. She walked up, she goes, I love your hair, Pepper. Like, it was just, I'll never forget it. It was just so sweet. And at that time, Pepper was still, she had been shaved in some areas. And so it just, it was so sweet that that's what she, she wanted to share. Like, I love your hair, Pepper. <laughs> so oh, I thought so that cute. was really sweet. So, and can you remind me how old were Emery and mm-hmm. Kate at that point? So, uh, they were, I'm, I'm thinking seven and 11. Okay. Let's see. Yeah. They okay. hadn't had birthdays yet. So seven and 11. <laughs> Do you feel like obviously they got to see crew one-on-one first and then when they got to see pepper do you feel like they kind of just jumped right back in where they were in terms of being siblings I mean obviously they had probably seen them via FaceTime and you guys had talked to them about their scars and things like that but did you have to talk to the other kids about what to expect no um well I mean we did to an extent we talked about like before the first time we did FaceTime yes we did kind of pregame it a little bit in the sense of like this is, you know, they have owies. It's not going to be like this forever. It might look a little bit scary. If you're feeling scared, don't say something that might 
you know, upset them. You could just say, you know, I have to go now or something, you know, we kind of, we coached them, but quite honestly, I don't even know if they needed it. (laughs) They were Mm -hmm. just so happy to see each other. Like none of that mattered. It was like, I I know that one of the things that one of the kids was like, can I touch you? Cause they wanted to hug her. And, Mm -hmm. and that was one of the things, but she's like, yeah, get over here. And it was just, it was really sweet. Um, I will say that was something we worried about. Like we were really scared that somehow this would change everything, like change all the relationships and, and it didn't. And that was such a huge blessing because as a parent, you're like, oh my gosh, on top of everything else, we have to also worry about incorporating like our kids back into a family unit or a family system. Um, for, for the most part, it wasn't a, it wasn't an issue. And so, I mean, there were a few things here and there once we got home after the fact, and, and I don't know, I don't know if I want to label it jealousy, but there were moments of like, well, why does she get more time? Mm-hmm. And because it was confusing. And when I say jealous, it wasn't a jealousy thing because it wasn't like, I don't think I didn't take it out as like a, a mal out of malice or like upset. It was just really just curious, like, well, why does Pepper get to go with you all the time in the car? And I'm like, well, she has doctor's appointments. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, so like we would explain it and say, well, like she had surgery. So now she has, so she's with me more and they, in their mind, it didn't make sense. They're like, well, then why can't I have surgery? Mm-hmm. And I know that like to us, we're like, well, why would, but I look back and I'm like, well, to a kid, they're like, well, I'll do it as long as I get to have time with mom and dad, like yeah. I'll do whatever, sign me up. Yeah. And so there was a little bit of that, that we had to work through for a few months where it just didn't seem fair or how come she gets to stay up? I'm like, well, actually she's not staying up. She's having an anxiety attack, Like, Mm -hmm. but you can't explain that to a six, seven year old where you're like trying to describe things to them. So that was difficult. But as far as like, like their relationship, it was, it worked out really well. I feel like they went right back to where they were right before the accident. So that's awesome. Oh, that's so good. And you can tell just when you talk about that, your whole face just lights up. It's, it's incredible. So oh, good. <laughs> you should be very proud of your, all four of your kids and the, the love that they have for each other and relationships that they have. So now in terms of Pepper, so Easter came, she got some good motivation, got to see all her siblings. Um, how much longer was she in the hospital from there? And how did the rest of her hospital stay go? Okay. So she, she was discharged, like, I think it was June 4th, if I remember June 4th of the following year. So 2022, she, she did really well, just like her. She hated PT, like almost was like rude to these people. And I was just like, all right, I get that, like where you're coming from, but I had to not get after, but just a a very stern reminder of like, Hey, look, these are human beings (laughs) that are just trying to do their job and they actually really care about you. And I think that happens with anyone that's gone through like a surgery or anything. You just like, they walk in the room and like, just think of a person having like hip surgery. You're up like that evening or the next day. You're like, Hey, let's go walking. You're not going to like those people. They, you right. know, they're the ones that are pushing you and well, that doesn't hurt. Okay. Do this. So you're not doing it hard enough. So do this. And so, so she did have a little bit of a hard time with that, but, um, Towards the end, one of the biggest things was the donor sites are actually the most painful thing out of like almost the entire process, which you would think really exactly. So we learned that when you're burnt, your nerve endings are gone, like Mm -hmm. they're mainly gone. And so depending on how deep and how, how bad the burn is, but those donor sites are just that top fresh layer of skin that they, 
just slice right off and all those nerve endings are there all of the blood flow all the blood supply so everything is still there and so even my husband Kyle said those donor sites are probably the worst pain I've ever experienced in my life and I'm like oh my gosh like you would not you would not think that and so especially someone that's been burnt all over their body so one of the worst parts or the hardest parts towards the end was Pepper had to heal. There was this donor site that they had actually used on her thigh three times. Like it would, they'd use it and then it'd heal next month. They'd use it again because it would grow back and it'd just be this beautiful skin. And they're like, we're going to use it again. We're going to use it again. Um, Cause she was limited on skin. Like mm-hmm. once you use an area, it's then scarred. And so they reused it three times. So on that third time's charm, it, took forever to heal and so her her trying to manage her pain while while this is healing they were trying to back her off all the narcotics she had been on and she she just wasn't ready like it was hurting so bad and they're like well this is (laughs) you're kind of laying it on thick in the sense of like well this is what's keeping you from going home and I'm like I don't want to take her home if she's in this much pain like it's okay we're okay I wasn't in a rush which is surprising because it's like we've been here for six months but that oh man that last donor site it was like a whole two weeks of just really bad pain like she couldn't get up to move like to go to the bathroom to walk like I think it was because it was the third time. Like it was just, it had been used up. <laughs> it sounds, it just makes me cringe to oh, hear it. It sounds like it would be painful one time, let alone three. Yes. Yeah. And so that, that just, I feel like that, maybe I'm exaggerating. It feels like it was two weeks though. It was just a process where it was like, it was the last one and it took forever. <laughs> but then once it got better or once she got over that hump that's they discharged us like three days after she stopped taking her medicine they're like yeah get out of here go home like Mm -hmm. and that was the best thing ever just bringing her home I was nervous I mean you go from 24-hour care with nurses around the clock it's like okay I know how to do this as a nurse but man it's a lot of work especially when you're taking care of your own family and so I knew that I was like up for the task. I knew that I had the right skill set and that the knowledge, especially going through all of it in the hospital, but there is still that little bit of like, am I going to be able to do this? <laughs> am I sure. really going to? And I'm sure that's anyone that's gone through anything traumatic with any of their kids or family members. You, There's just this little voice in the back of your head of like, what am I getting myself into? Am I sure? <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was there, but Oh man, it felt so good just to put her in a car. It, like, honestly, it felt like, and I said this to Kyle, it felt like bringing her home from the hospital for the first time, like when she was a baby, you know, that feeling of like excitement and like, you're so careful, you buckle them in and the mom sits in the back while the dad drives, like mm-hmm. that's what it felt like. And it was like, it was a beautiful moment and I, I'll just never forget her. She was just so happy like you could tell the you know when you get that adrenaline a little bit and your butterflies are going and you could just tell and she was really talkative and she was just asking all that oh look at that and because it's Las Vegas there was just a lot of stuff and I just remember her being really excited and she asked she's like can we go get a drink I just want to go get a drink somewhere and so we're like yeah let's go and so she we brought her to Sonic and she picked out a little drink and it was just it was cute. We took her, we kind of meandered our way home and it was just all about her. 
um, the way we did it is we had the kids leave and we actually didn't tell them <laughs> the three kids. We had them leave the house. I think I do not remember if it was a neighbor or someone just took them for a walk down the street. We got her inside, had her like sitting on the couch and then we had them come back in and it was just this adorable, just an acute homecoming. And they just were like, what the heck? (laughs) That was really cute. Um, That was just fun. So that the nostalgia of just or that just beautiful moment of just reuniting and being back together, it just felt comfortable and it felt safe and it felt so good just to have everyone under one roof. Um, one of the hardest challenges for me personally was the back and forth and being torn. Once, once Kyle and Cade left the hospital, it almost became harder because mm-hmm. at least I had everyone in one spot and I could see them daily and just kind of run around. And if someone needed me, I could go down, but within 10 minutes, I could be there kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, the house we had gotten for renting, we didn't want to be in the inner city close to a hospital. It just wasn't it didn't feel safe. It didn't feel right. And so we ended up getting a place that was like 30 minutes with traffic. It was about 30 minutes. So it felt long. <laughs> that was a long drive yeah. when you do it every day, two, three times a day or four times sometimes. And so that was, it was a relief to have that over with because it was so, it was just so much work just getting there and parking and then you're there for your 12 hour or 16 hour shift. And then you go home and shower and take care of people. And then you're back. And it was just always busy. Like I just felt like I was just torn. And then the kids that were at home would ball because they wanted me there. And then Pepper would ball when I'd leave because she wanted me there. And it was just like, I wish I could just cut myself in half right down the middle and everybody could just have a piece. (laughs) So, but once that was over, it was, it was a game changer. It was really good. I felt like I could just kind of just be at home. It was nice, but we had a ton of appointments, like a ridiculous amount because with the three of them with different specialists and oh, just follow-up appointments and surgeries. And it was a lot. So, <laughs> so was your, was your plan to stay there in Vegas for a while because of those follow-up appointments or were you even thinking at that point, what about what your future plan was? So we, Pepper actually, when they had originally told us it would be about a year and it ended up being six months, that was a relief too. I was like, okay, it's not as long as we had anticipated. So we had actually, we did a month a month. Luckily we were, we were um, able to do that, but we had planned on at least staying there for one year. That's kind of what our idea in the back of our mind was. Um, But when she got out six months in, it was like, okay, now, what are we doing? So then at that point, we were kind of reassessing and figuring out what to do um, really quick. <laughs> Back in April, I had had I was sleeping in the hospital with Pepper and I had a dream that there was. So there was a property for sale in upstate New York, where we are now. There was a property for sale and it was me and my kids. We were all outside dancing around a for sale sign like stuck in the yard. And that was the dream. I knew exactly where I was because it was like a childhood area. And so I was like, okay, woke up from the dream. I was like, that's weird. I kept just kind of pushing it out of my brain. And I just, it kept coming to me over and over throughout the whole day. And I was like, this is weird. Like, all right. So I ended up sharing it with Kyle. I just did a brief, like, Hey, this is what happened. It's kind of weird. I like, it was just odd. And so this was a property that I knew that the guy that had owned it, he had only lived there for like 15 years and he was retired and not near passing away. He was only in his fifties and 
I knew that it was never going to be for sale. I was like, that is such an odd dream to have. Fast forward three days and I get this text from my dad. You'll never guess who just put their house on the market. No way. Like, and I said, I bet I can guess. And I said the name and he, and he was like, yeah, how'd you know? Oh my gosh. Like, I'm pretty sure God came to me in a dream and told me where I'm supposed to be. I think that was crazy, like crazy. And so that's where we ended up moving. And so we had that in the back of our brains. We just didn't know what the time frame was. So he actually listed it, I think in June and we ended up moving into it in October. So I know. That's such a cool story. (laughs) It was way cool. Like I still think back on that and I'm like, I, I know that it was, it was intervention because I wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't, that was so far off my radar of like, what's the next step? I had enough on my plate. There was no way I wanted to know the next step. Like I wasn't interested. And so I wasn't asking, I wasn't really even like stressed about it. And here I was, and God just planted a seed and said, here you go. Like, you don't have to worry about it. I've already picked for you. And it was like, thank you. Another tender mercy. Thank you. <laughs> so Absolutely. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. It. So anyways, that was beautiful. And I will never forget that feeling. And the moment I found out, it was just like, I know exactly what I'm supposed to do and I don't have to worry about it. And so obviously talked to Kyle about it and we were on the same page and we went with it. So that was pretty cool. So that kind of answers that question of like, we didn't know how long we were going to be there, but then that all unfolded, the doors opened and it, and it happened. So, and it happened quick. (laughs) Like one of those things I'm like, what are we doing? Is this for real what we're doing? But then we just, yeah, it was great. It worked out great. (laughs) That is amazing. So So you had a few months still in Vegas. So like you said, lots of doctor's appointments, things like that. Then when you ended up going to New York, let me pause for a second. Do you want to talk more about like the doctor's appointments and things in Vegas? Or do you want to move on to New York? What do you, what do you feel? Oh, I did want to bring up one thing. So we had a, it was awesome. Maybe I'll just tell it instead of, yeah, I had one more thing I wanted to share and then I'll bring up actually going to New York. Yeah. You, you just, I'll just cut this part out and I'll just pick up right here where you're starting now. Okay. Okay. Great. Okay. So after that all settled after the decision, um, I wanted to bring up, there were, right after Pepper came home from the hospital, there were what they would call the showers, but this time they were actual showers. They weren't like putting the sleep showers. And so she told them, I want to go home. And they told her, well, if you're going to go home, you have to come back into the clinic to shower. Um, You're not allowed to do that at home quite yet. And so she, it was huge because up to this point, up to like three or four days prior, she had been put to sleep for all her dressing changes. And so this was a huge step for her. And she had to mentally get over that hurdle because it was very, very difficult for her to not only be awake, but endure the pain and visually see her body in a way that she really hadn't seen it. It's been bandaged up to this point. And so that was the deal she made with the burn clinic doctors that like, we will, we'll send you home, but you need to come back every other day to shower. And in my mind, I'm like, Oh gosh, this is going to be so much work. But I was like, we got this, we can do this. (laughs) So got her home. That was her decision. Got her home. Getting this child ready. It was like, I I called my mom after the second or third day. And I was just like, 
I feel like I am taking care of my grandmother. She was so frail and so just almost hunched over and she couldn't walk well. She had a walker when we first got home. She had like a commode. She had a shower chair um, just because she was so weak. Um, she had lost close to, I think, 20, 25 pounds. Like that's a lot for an 11 year old, now 12. And so she was so low on her weight. I just remember her being so frail. It took us almost an hour just to get her awake, clothes on, like just get to the car. Like it just felt so slow and kudos to her though. I mean, she rarely complained. Like she was just like, okay, we got to go where, when do we have to leave? Let's do this. And she just, she was just a joy. Like I just, I look back and I'm like, man, she could have just been a brat. She was not, I, I'm not just saying this. She just, she is a very self-driven, very motivated child and she wants to do it her way. And she's okay taking criticism. She's okay. Like with people saying, Hey, look, you're not doing that right. I think you should do it this way. Oh, okay. I'll try it that way. But then it has to, I don't know how to explain it. She's very, she's just a lovely child. <clears throat> we love Pepper. <laughs> she really is. So we would do daily appointments from every other day showers um, at the clinic. So it was a lot. And then she had physical therapy, occupational therapy, she had speech therapy. Um, she, we actually did um, massage therapy for a while. There's a certified burn scar massage therapist that we heard through the grapevine. It was actually kind of a fluke thing. A girl on Instagram started following our story and said, look, I have a burn certified massage therapist that has massage had taken care of her daughter when she got burnt. And I was like, okay, where does she live? And she's like, the catch kick is she lives in Arizona. And I was like, okay, that's not really going to help us. So I didn't really do anything much with it. And then out of the blue, someone reached, she reached out, this massage therapist reaches out to us. I get to talking to her and she's like, I love your family. I want to be there. Um, I'll do what it takes. And I was like, what does that even mean? And this is like all in the midst of everything. And um, this is probably like May, I'm guessing maybe April. So she ends up becoming the most close non-family member I've ever had in my family, like ever, like in my life, I should say. Um, she flew up once a week and would massage crew and Kyle and Pepper and myself. Wow. An hour apiece. Oh my um, goodness. What a good person. I know. So we would pay for her flight. It was a, it was beautiful because a round trip flight from Phoenix to to Vegas was like 80 bucks. So that was the catch. She's like, you play for my flights. I'll come be with you the whole day. And I was like, uh, I don't know you at first. I was like, okay, let's try it. <laughs> but then we just ended up just falling in love with her. She has become like a second aunt or a, an aunt of a botan aunt, if you will. I don't know how else to say it, but she has just been a lovely part of all of our journey and our recovery. And honestly, I, I look at her as like, so she would massage me and that was my one hour of not only massage therapy, but mental health mm -hmm. therapy for the week. She would just talk to me. I would cry. Sometimes I would just fall asleep. Sometimes I would laugh. Like she was the best medicine for me when I needed it. <laughs> like that, like mm -hmm. I look forward to that one hour with her and she just became a beautiful part of our family. And we still, we stay in touch and she doesn't come to New York, <laughs> but um, she did come visit us once and she did massages while she was here um, last year. So 
I hope to keep that open, but that was one of our best therapies that we had. And it did wonders for the kids scars, not to mention just my brain, but wow, <laughs> um, the certified massage therapy is great. The burn certified massage therapy really did wonders for the kids. Anyway, so that was one of the therapies. Pepper really went through a, a little stint of really bad anxiety, particularly at bedtime for the first about a month. Um, coming out of the hospital, not being on as many medications. I feel like that really threw her off being in a different environment. Um, and then she was still wearing all those braces that we had talked about. Like she was like a, a plastered, I don't know what to call it, mummy. She was just always wrapped up and her arms had to be out. And it was, it was not fun. And once she got in that position, if she started to get panic or anxiety, you have to take everything off, let her calm down. She just starts sweating and just crying and so then it would take another 20 minutes to put it all back on, get it back on. She'd be good for an hour. It was like taking care of a newborn baby. So it was funny because I was like, I feel like I'm taking my grandma to appointments. And then at night, <laughs> it was like having a new baby. So it was very, uh, just, it was a lot all at once. And she, like I said, she did well. It was a lot for the whole family. I mean, but we adjusted and I just love that my kids were very patient. They were very kind in the sense of like, let me get that for you. Let me, you know, let me, do you want to play here? You pick the movie. You know, they were just, oh man, I just love my kids. <laughs> like you said, I'm just smiling because I just, they're just great kids. And I feel like that was a huge blessing for us. We did put the kids, all the kids in um, like mental health therapy in the summer towards the end. It was like July and August. Um, but that, I feel like that was really, I'm grateful we did that because the kids have actually talked about that. Now we've talked about it just recently. Someone was said, oh yeah, I used to have those bad dreams until I talked to someone in therapy. I was like, oh, I, that's good to know. Like that's good feedback. <laughs> like I had no clue, but they're like, yeah, I used to have like visions and stuff. And that stopped once I start, uh, started talking to so-and-so and I was like, okay, it actually works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. So for sure. Um, for sure. I was grateful that we did that that was good. It was really good. We had a neighbor kitty corner that just took us in. Like when she heard our story, she just, my house is your house. My pool is your pool. If you need anything. And she just, she was great. So a lot of times she'd come over and help or she'd bring us a meal or take the kids over swimming at her house. And so that's the other thing I just want to bring up. Like there, this was a, this was a village. Like it was a village effort. It was not, there's no way I can take effort or Kyle and I can take effort for doing this on our own. There were so many just complete strangers that took care of us. There were friends and family members that we can never say thank you enough. Like could not have done it without them. It was huge. And the amount of even online support that we were getting letters were being sent and packages and uh, things were being bought for our kids that to replace items. And it was just, all in all, it was just a, it was a beautiful experience. And I feel like having that horrible, ugly experience of like all the trauma and everything that we went through throughout, there was just these little bits and tastes of just there's beauty in the world and there's happiness. And you just sometimes have to find it. <laughs> sometimes you get stuck in it, but there's always a silver lining. That's what I always tell my kids. You've got to find it. you got to look for it sometimes and you have to turn things over to find it, <laughs> but it's always there. <laughs> so that was a huge blessing just to have just all that support. It was really, it meant a lot to us. All right. So that brings us kind of to where we are now. And uh, like we had mentioned upstate New York currently, and um, the kids are, we're still doing homeschool full time. And 
I've thought about that multiple times of like how many appointments and surgeries we still have. And I don't know if my kids could actually go to public school and pass. <laughs> we, we take school and just fit it around exactly where it needs to be. And sometimes you're, cause you're at the doctor's whim and it's like, no, he only is available this day of the entire month. And it's like, okay, then we are taking school off this day and we're just going to move it over here. And I just picture like with surgeries and procedures, like they would miss weeks of school. And I'm just like, I don't know how they would do it. So that's not the reason we are doing it, but I'm grateful. That is one of the aspects that I'm like, I feel like they would just fall behind and then mm-hmm. not be able to catch up ever. I feel like that's a blessing that you had already started. Yes. I mean, that was your original plan. You had already started doing that. And yeah. you, I mean, it's obviously you still had to prepare and things like that, but at least it yeah. wasn't brand, brand new to you. No, no, that probably would have been too overwhelming, but we love it. And the kids really like it. I like the flexibility of it. And it kind of goes back to like, just being able to work around schedules and work around, especially now with, you know, we have, we have a lot of appointments that we go to. So it's good to be able to just kind of change things around when we need to. So we really love it. Um, the kids, we also do like a co-op once a week, um, and they really enjoy that. So that's their social time and they have lots of friends and they all love to plan things like, Oh, next Friday, let's get together and do this. And they'll do like a survivor day is what they call it. And it's cute. Uh Like they are woods and they have to build a fire and then someone has to go gather this or that. And it's like, it's cute. Like they have so much fun. So we have a great co-op group, but lots of little lots of little side homeschool groups that we hang out with. And I I was really surprised because I grew up in this area. I don't know if the times have changed and there's more homeschoolers or if I just didn't know about it. (laughs) I I really don't know. (laughs) I have a lot of friends who are homeschooling their kids or other people I've known. And I don't know if it was, and I have friends that were homeschooled and they'd have mentioned they didn't have things like that. But now like our one neighbor who lives behind us that my kids are good friends with, they do the coolest things with their homeschool <laughs> groups. They are always doing something fun. That's with fun. The groups. Yes. So we love it. For sure. A lot of fun. Yep. Um, so just to catch up where Pepper's at, she, man, there was a time I could not keep up with her with reading. Well, there was a time it's called today, actually. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. She reads so fast. I cannot proofread books anymore. Like I'm to the point where I'm like, you have to use your best judgment, my dear, because I, there's no way I can read that four inch book, even thumb through it to make sure that it's okay or appropriate. So I'll do like a quick online search, just like, what is this rated? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But as far as like proofreading, I'm like, so we've talked about what's good and what's not. And she just goes for it. And she just loves reading. In fact, some of the kids are like, can you ground her from her book? So she'll play with us. That's so funny. So, That's the way I was growing up. Like, I, I'm i trying to instill the love of that for in my kids, which right now they don't, they, they don't have it yet because they're struggling with reading. But I, I was that kid. I would go mm-hmm. to see family and then they'd Days. find me in a hallway with a book. Gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, she just put, I think like four or five non or fictional history is what she's in his historical fiction. Is that how you say it? Yes. Historical yeah. fiction book that she put on hold at the library and she's like I just want it to be tomorrow she literally said this today I just want it to be tomorrow and I'm like why what is tomorrow and she's like I guess I'm gonna library and pick up the books that I just checked out and I was like oh my gosh that was me at her so, age oh that's yeah. and, and she's so, how old now she's uh 13 she'll be 14 in just a couple of weeks so 
14 year old oh my goodness so, <laughs> so she's gonna be 14 she loves reading obviously she has an amazing relationship with her siblings her yeah. homeschool friends um yeah. and then how about crew how is crew doing now okay crew is doing great there was a time when the injury had originally happened or initially happened that we didn't know if he was going to be able to use his hands and his fingers um especially just I think about a month or two after getting out of the hospital his hands were completely bent up like his wrist and his fingers were so stuck that he couldn't pick things up he would be grabbing them by the the heel of his hand kind of Mm -hmm. and so there was it was nerve-wracking and um we worked (laughs) he worked really hard to do as much OT, PT, all the surgeries that he's done. And he now can, he's writing his name. He's a full function of his hands. Driving those cars around again. Oh, always has something with wheels in his hands or nearby. (laughs) And he's just, he's thriving. He he's learning how to do little kindergarten math at this point. He just is so proud of himself and he gets really excited to do school. Um, so he's driving too. He actually did a soccer season with his brother. Um, well, obviously different age brackets, but same fields. Um, but they played soccer this spring and they, they, they killed it. They loved it. And, uh, he was so cute running around with his little sun hats. We still have to be careful with, uh, uh, full, um, sun exposure on all the scars. So we cover those up, but he has a little sun hat on and his glasses. Oh, that (laughs) sounds adorable. (laughs) So sounds so adorable. He's doing great too. And how about your husband? How's he doing? He's doing well. Um, he had, uh, so one of the things when we got here, we found a new doctor, a plastic surgeon for his eyes. And, uh, he suggested doing, they're like, I can't remember what they're called, but they're injections and they do them around the eyelids. And it's like the opposite of Botox. So where Botox would tighten everything because mm-hmm. his were getting so tight that his eyelids weren't shutting all the way. And so these injections go in and they kind of just relax the skin and help it almost become saggy like or droopy, uh-huh. if you will. Okay. And so he's done six out of the seven, I think, treatments. So we have one more and he's doing great with it. The doctors are very happy with how it's turned out. Um, they're very, very difficult. You think about getting six or seven needles around your eyes at a time, yeah. but yeah. has taken it head on. And I mean huge source of anxiety for him, but he, he's the one signing up for it and doing it. And he's just like, I know this is going to help me and I know it's going to help my family. So let's do this. And mm-hmm. that's just the type of guy he is. Is like, if it's going to help us as a family. He's all for it and he'll do it. Even if he hates it, <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. one thing I know about him. He'll do hard things. And so he's doing really well. Um, he did start a little bit of a hobby <laughs> and so he needed something to do with his hands. That's one thing he missed the most is he's always loved to build and like work with his hands. And while he was healing, he wasn't really able to. So Vegas was kind of a difficult time for him. He would lay in bed a lot, just healing and it was hard for him. Um, so when we got to our New York house, he actually, everybody get ready. It's so cute. He started a little quail farm. Oh, um, really? Yeah, like not what you're expecting. And so, yes, we ordered. It was so awesome. He ordered eggs from a nearby hatchery, I think over in Ohio. Oh, that's and they so mail cool. you, And they were so cute. And we got incubators and the kids. It was like an all, a whole new homeschool. Unit, I was just going to say that you could use that for all kinds of biology. Yes. And- 
so we we got them all pepper got the you, you candle them so you like look and see if the the bird is in there that was her job we had like 200 eggs so she we had the conveyor oh belt type goodness. system going with her and the kids and they were got them in the incubators they watched them all hat and they would gather eggs and they would feed them and so that became kyle's little hobby and wow. he built all the cages I should send you pictures. That's, That's really impressive. Cool. Yes, you should. I would love to <laughs> but, see them. I've heard of people around here having chickens, but they'll have like, you know, three chickens. And so when you said quail farm, I was like, That's really cool. And I'm picturing three eggs. And then you said 200 <laughs> eggs. No, <laughs> yeah, I think we ended up with 300 quail and they wow. were all laying eggs. So we were getting like 80 to 90 a day, but they're, they're little, they're like, three to one chicken egg, three quail yeah. eggs to one chicken egg, but they, oh, we had lots of omelets and we had lots of boiled eggs. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the kids loved it though. It was great. And so that was yeah. a great hobby for him. Now that it's winter, we, we sold off quite a few of them and we'll probably start up in the spring, but it was great. And we learned a ton and it gave mm-hmm. him something to do. And it was, I'm really proud of him. It was really Absolutely. cool to watch it all come together. So, well, and it's a cool thing you can do as a family, like you can make yeah. age appropriate tasks for each of the kids. Right. So that way they're all involved. It's part of their homeschool curriculum, but I mean, yep. what better way yeah, to learn? Cool. And, and food, like it was a yeah. food source for us. We yeah. got lots of food, so it was great all around, but that was, that was good to see him find something that he wanted to do and, and then go through and do it. Yeah. And just watching that, you know, it and was have good success with that and see his family yeah, enjoy it, was, it. It was hard to watch him be in bed for a while. Like it was, it was, you know, that's not him. And so watching him go through that and struggle through that, it was good to finally find some joy. Like it was his yeah. moment of like, wow, I, I'm, he was just, he was just happy doing it. <laughs> so I call him a little coil farmer, but I love it. I love probably it. Be like, what? <laughs> so, um, I feel like this is such a big question for the two years that you went through. And obviously, I mean, we squeezed it into three episodes, but there's so much more we didn't talk about. But if you had to think about things that this entire experience has taught you, what would you say to that? Okay, well, (laughs) um, I think I did. I brought up one of them earlier when you there's good in everything. That's one thing that I've learned is like, there are things in life that, that are really difficult, that really suck. You can just say, wow, this really stinks. I don't want to do this. But there is always something you can find good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the more I did that and the more I like, I would point that out with my kids, our day would just go better. <laughs> like it was mm-hmm. like, I know the house is flooding, but our floors needed mopped. <laughs> like it sounds silly, but it's like, it helps. It helps make it lighter. Um, and so when things are really, really tough, it just helps get through the day. Um, another thing I learned is it's really, really important, especially when you're going through something so traumatic and so much stress in your life, you have to take one day at a time. And I know a lot of times it's easy, especially as moms, because we plan so much stuff and we have to be, you know, the forerunner of the family sometimes of like, this is what we're doing to stay present to the moment and to remind yourself like, okay, tomorrow's another day for a stress. Like I just need to focus on today's stress because if I focus on tomorrow's stress and Friday's stress today, then I'm going to be tapping out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So importance of just taking one day at a time. And I think I, I learned that lesson when the multiple, multiple times that Pepper would either the graft would take or the bacteria would come in and it was so disappointing. And so, oh, it just, it tore your heart out when, when the doctor would say, sorry, it's back or, and so 
it can get you in a really, really dark place if you allow it to. And so if I just remember today is today, I just need to get pepper through today. That's what really taught me that lesson. I was like, I need to keep my family together today, you know? And so I need to feed them today. Like I just had to, that was my mantra. I'm just now after two years of the accident, I'm just now seeing where my body has complete or my brain has completely changed. And um, I've had to really accept myself in places that I would have really not have been able to before, where I felt like I was disappointing my family, or if I just wasn't able to do things, it was like, I wouldn't allow myself to be that. And so now I'm like accepting that. And it's like, it's okay. And one of the other things I learned was it's okay for me to have two really good days and then a week of crappy days. Like Mm -hmm. I know that, that like when you have a a huge amount of stress and trauma in your life, that is actually a trauma response to be able to like, or to note or to have good, bad, good, bad. It's like a roller coaster. And it's because you've been so unstable for so long, your body can't regulate. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I'm learning still to this day is like, I have really good days. And then there are days that like, I can't even think like, it's like, what are we eating today? I don't know. And so I've learned to make myself lots and lots of lists and to be patient with myself. And it's okay to throw your list away and say, you know what, today's just, uh, we're going to do puzzles today and that's it. (laughs) And that's okay. And so it's okay. I think just learning it's okay to have crappy days and good days because there for a while, I think I was afraid to tell people or to tell myself or to tell people, you know, I'm having a good day today because it almost felt like if people think I'm having a good day, then they're not going to help me tomorrow when I'm really having a crappy day. (laughs) But that's not true. That's, that was a lie I told myself. And so it's okay. What, what I learned is it's okay to have really, really down days and it's okay to have really, really good days all in between and just accepting that. (laughs) I know that some people might be like, well, yeah, that makes sense. But it, that's not how I lived my life before. And so that did have to change a lot, but it's okay to have both days. It's okay. Yeah. That's so. all such really good advice. All of those pieces that you said for all of us. And I, I just have to say, you are doing an incredible job as a mom. Everything you said, you can feel the love you have for your family and everything you have. I mean, you can tell you did everything you could dividing your time between all these kids and your husband and your kids that, you know, that weren't hurt and you are doing an awesome job. So you should be very proud of yourself. I'm very honored that that you agreed (laughs) to tell your story because I am just, I just think you're killing it. So, okay. Well, I have one final question for you and it's just a little bit more lighthearted. And I asked this question for all of my guests. And it's this, if you had one day, I'm sure this is probably hard for you to even imagine right now, but one day (laughs) all to yourself, no commitments, no appointments, nothing you had to do. You could go anywhere. You could do anything. Where would you go? And what would you do? I think that's actually pretty easy. (laughs) I would, I just would like a room. (laughs) That's so so stupid. No room, like a hotel room, a hotel room where you could just, I just have a really nice bed with lots of pillows. Mm -hmm. I could just lay and quiet. And then a little mini fridge, of course, with all my favorite snacks in it and a really good book. And I could just sleep alternating between sleeping, snacking, and reading a book. I don't think that sounds silly at all. I think that sounds amazing. (laughs) 
And maybe taking a bath. Maybe a oh, bathtub yeah. would need to be there too. So. Yeah. Well, I think somehow you need to arrange this with your husband or your family where you can do that. Because that's not too big of an ask. I think you can what do that. that. I think that I, we could probably arrange that. And Kyle yeah. would be very happy yeah. <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Well, Again, it's been such an honor talking with you and thank you so much for sharing multiple hours of your life and your family time with me to record these episodes. And um, just like last time, I will post your Instagram with your blog in the show notes if people want to check that out. Um, But I just wish the best for continued recovery and healing for your family. And again, I just have to say you are doing an amazing job. I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, everyone. I wanted to jump on here real quick and remind you about my books. So Learning to Breathe is our NICU journey from when my twins were born at 24 weeks and just a pound and a half each. And then the NICU Mama Survival Guide is a book I wrote combining my knowledge as a pelvic health PT who's worked in postpartum care for a really long time with my experience as a NICU mom to help moms recover, even though the little one is in the NICU, to help them recover from their pregnancy and delivery. Both books are available on Amazon. Thanks for joining us today on the Mama Sisterhood podcast. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any extraordinary motherhood journeys. Also, I would really appreciate it if you could take a second to rate and review. This helps me reach more moms. See you next week.